I don't want a big ol' I just want to ride on my motorcycle Hello everybody and welcome to the Nokomoto Podcast episode 194. We're not anywhere near as close to 200 as I thought we were. And I'm your host MotoGP, with me is your other host Swiggy. Yo. Coming to you from a new studio because I threw a fit and burnt down the old studio. And funny thing, turns out the president lived at the old studio. So he's he's got a tent in my my new backyard at my new house here now. And we'll see how long that I allow that until I call the cops. But, you know, for now it's okay. So he's just kind of looking at us real hungry through the window right now, but you know, I'm going to you know, I'm going to be professional and I'm not going to let it affect the show. Just don't make eye contact. Yeah. Okay. So Let's see here. What are we going to talk about this week's wigs? Well, first, uh, we should mention that because it's a new studio that we've set up here, it might sound a little weird. And I don't know. We're just going to have to deal with it. And we'll slowly dial the sound in over the next few weeks. So there's that. What are we going to talk about? Uh, well, we're going to do best worst bike in the world this week. I mean, we really should do emails. We'll see if we get to it, though. We're going to try to catch up with MotoGP, and that does not mean going through every race that we haven't talked about yet. I mean, it, it, we'll talk about the overall arch of what's happened since we last talked about <laughs> MotoGP, and uh, let, let's just only promise that, and we'll see what else we have time for. Sure. Okay. So, should we do? Should we uh, just get right into best worst bike? Let's do it. Okay. So here we go. We're now going to do best worst bike in the world this week. This is the part of the show where we've each chosen a motorcycle. We don't know what each other have chosen. It's always a surprise. Now, we reserve the right to be wrong. The opinions on this show are our opinions, even though they're pretty much the right opinions. They could be wrong. Like, is it, the opinions are correct, but some of the facts might be wrong. <laughs> um, so it's really just a fun way to look at a couple different bikes in a way that you might not normally look at them, though. So send constructive feedback to contact at nokomotopodcast.com. Now, Swigs. You have best bike in the world this week. I do. Okay. And are you ready to reveal it? I am. Awesome. And the best bike in the world this week is? The 2022 Kawasaki Z650RS. Um. Okay. The RS. I don't think I know much about the RS. Yes, you do. Oh, wait. No, we've already talked about this bike. Well, But we talked about it when it was UK and Europe only and a little bit theoretical. Yes. So this bike is real now. Okay. And this is the same deal as, you know, the XSR 700 versus the XSR 900. You know, it's Kawasaki's instead of, instead of doing the, instead of like the triple and, and the parallel twin, this is 
what we should have gotten all along in the sort of neo retro market. And it's a little late to the party, but this is what we should have had all along. So what we've got here is uh, an inline four. No, uh, no, sorry, I lied. No, what we have here is it's a parallel twin, and it's really sort of kind of W six fifty plus twenty horsepower. Um, it's liquid cooled. It's got all the modern nice stuff. Um, it's sitting at around seventy horsepower, fifty foot pounds of torque. It's got all your modern little bits and bobs and your ABS. And it does two things really well. It's appropriately sized to the size that you remember old parallel twins being. Right. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not a monstrosity like this, you know, like the CBR 1100 was where it was just so ridiculously or the, no, sorry, the CB 1100 that was just so ridiculous in its size that like it wasn't even remotely convincing as a retro well i believe there was a cbr 1100 also that was a behemoth yeah um and even you know even the um the z1000 rs did look like a fan did look fantastic but it had two things that were wrong with it one is that it was a little too large to really be convincing and it also was just kind of out of the price point of a lot of people who would have loved this kind of bike. And it was a modern liquid-cooled in one liter inline four, which also meant that it didn't really ride like an old one liter bike would, in that, you know, even on um even on like a CB one thousand C from from the early eighties, that is a bike you can ring out. That's a bike that only really goes to like eight and a half thousand rpm and you kind of need all the rpms to really get going on it and you know having a hundred horsepower on a retro styled bike you're just kind of babying it all the time you're not really going to ride it and ring out the throttle and get up in the rev range unless you're breaking the law but at 70 horsepower you can you can ride this kind of like an old bike it's just it's going to start every time yeah, well, it also uh, back in like twenty twenty seventeen twenty eighteen, I did a lot of talking about Z six fifties and Z nine hundreds, and how they were amazing bikes and the value proposition was amazing. And you just I, have to get past the looks. You just have to get past the looks of those Z bikes because they. I the 2016, I mean really 2014 to 2019, the Z650 and the Z900 really embodied the zeitgeist of motorcycle styling of the last decade and it was always a bit much for me and I and and to be fair, I think I think, you know, past me said, "Listen, I hate this. I love these motorcycles, but I hate the way they look. But I said, you know, I also recognize that they are doing this look like the best of all these bikes, but I still hate it. So this bike really does do this amazing thing where it just 
fixes the problem of the Z650 styling for me. Because everything else about it is just a Z650, really. Right. I mean, yeah, it's got different gauges, but it's really just, it's no different. It's got different handlebars. Okay. But I mean, it's essentially, it's still the same bike. It weighs similar. It look, you know, the, the profile similar ish. Yeah. It it, might be slightly heavier, um, which is a bit more metal and a bit less plastic, but yeah, I would own this over the, the, the regular Z650 all day. Every day. I mean, it's right. the Ninja 650 motor. How can you go wrong? Right. And this comes in at $9,000. Yeah. Which... Also compelling. Is Yeah, is is just really, really compelling. Because that's really kind of... You know, when you're looking at new bikes, there are some people who are just going to look for something, something like a Grom. There are some people who are going to kind of look at the beginner bike range and... And, you know, the 650s, some people are really happy to put down, you know, to, to take on some debt and get, you know, a super sport. Um, but there is a little bit more of a burden getting up to those one liter kind of flagship bikes and those and a lot of those kind of fancier upmarket models. But, you know, essentially getting the style, the aesthetic that you want and then also shaving, you know, two and a half to three grand off the price is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, nine grand, what's that going to be? Like 145 bucks a month? Yeah, it's going to be pretty Somewhere modest. in that range. You know, somewhere pretty close. I bet it's just south of 150. It's less than some people are paying for their phone contract. The, exactly yes yes I mean, that's yeah i yeah i mean now that's yeah we haven't we haven't revisited this since it became a, a real thing but yeah just being a z650 that solves all the styling problems but you're right i think the dimensions do make a lot more sense the z900 rs is a motorcycle that um, is very photogenic, but when you see it in real life, it's a little bit more bulbous and weird looking than you were expecting. It doesn't fool anyone into thinking it's all that retro in real life. Mm. In photos, it does, but in real life, it's, uh, you're right. This is a lot closer. I kind of wish it had a square swing arm. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, yeah, that price, that everything. Um, yeah, because, yeah, it, it is weird that the Z900 has has so much power. Because why would it need, you know, why why does it need three times the power of a retro bike when twice the power would have done? Exactly. Well, probably because they didn't want to detune that many motors, and they thought, fuck it, we'll just keep the same tuning off the Z-Bike. I guess. I don't know. Uh, sure. Whatever. It's fine. But, yeah. it. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, there are some other modern things on it that you could probably swap out, but, you know, 
if you're buying it for nine hundred for nine thousand dollars, you can go and you can get some retro looking aftermarket exhaust and and you can do whatever with it. I mean, if I'm in the market for a retro bike, I'm getting this over the Yamaha XS seven hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. Nothing against the XS seven hundred, but it doesn't it isn't really retro enough and it isn't really performance enough either. Whereas this is at least it's retro enough. Right. Right. But with the XS700, I'm like, why am I not just getting an MT07? Remind me what, what's going on with this bike. I think, I think, no, I, well, I do think, I do really like the XSR700, but it's not just doing a retro thing. It's doing its own weird sort of neo retro thing because that engine block looks really really technical and it's all on display and it's it's not just retro it's but, but again the why why not why the neo retro thing if it's not going to be retro just get the mt07 i and you should, save the money you should ask honda that question um well <laughs> because all of those cb you know 1000R, the 650R, they're all a little much. Oh, I agree. I think they, I think they, they do it worse. They, yeah, Honda, the Honda R series or whatever has exactly the same problem. I 100% agree. Um, I mean, you know, I'm. But yeah, I think I'm agreed with you. This, at the this end of the, the day, I'm I'm a little bored with you know quote retro bikes anyway. But if I was going to get one or someone said to me, oh, I really want a classic looking bike, I I would steer them this direction, I think, before other directions. Yeah, because the platform is so proven between the Ninja 650 and the Z650 and and whatever. It's yeah. You know, I know that I know this is an enjoyable engine. I know that this doesn't disappoint. So there we go. <clears throat> All right. Um, Making great use of the cough box there. I know. <laughs> hey, I. Well, hold on a sec. I'm gonna get another beer, and I'm I'm gonna be terrible on microphone today because I deserve it. This is like I. Um, I didn't mention it. I I probably sound a little bit weird, and that I'm just today getting over my round two of COVID. So, um. All right, let's move on to worst bike in the world this week. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. And the worst bike in the world this week is, and this probably isn't going to shock you that very much, it's the 2023 Honda CB750 Hornets. Now, this breaks my heart a little bit. Because I actually think this is a really, this is going to be a really, really great bike. But it's the worst bike in the world for a couple reasons. One, the public's going to hate it, even though they should like it. And two, it's filled with a lot of missed opportunities. Now, again, the the planned price point for this bike 
the the design the the curious choice to use CB750 in the name uh I, I could come up with very good reasons why Honda did all of this stuff and there's a couple things about it that really excite me too like I'd love to kind of see a a sort of CB750 um not NC um yeah NC like 750X kind of hybrid type of bike basically take the NC750 lose the frunk use this power plant and load it up with luggage that sounds really awesome to me mm-hmm. um but it, uh, people are going to hate it and they're going to hate it for the reason that they've always hated hornets Uh, one, the name isn't sexy enough for whatever reason you, for every intellectual reason and argument you can come up with, it should be, but for whatever reason, the public just doesn't buy into the name. They've never bought into the styling and you know why it is called the Hornet, right? Why? Because Honda loves naming their American models after fighter jets. Right. But, and, the Hornet is the F-16. But, despite that, most people don't... Wasn't the F-15 the Screaming Eagle? No, the F-16. Didn't I just say F-16? You said F-15. Oh. Well, the F-15 is the Tomcat. That's the 14. Oh. Whatever. You okay. know planes better than I do. <laughs> Anyways, but the problem is, most people, when you say Hornet, most people know the F-16 is the F-16, Unlike how they know the F-14 as the Tomcat. When you, if you just say Hornet without any context, nobody thinks F-16. But the problem is, so that's the big problem. Um, also, nobody really has like positive associations with Hornets. Like It just means your day is ruined more often than not. Like So it's not really a great name. Um, and the styling is... I, I have I have never seen an incarnation of the Hornet that I have liked aesthetically. So I can explain the why the styling is the way that it is on this. I can't remember where I found it, but somebody interviewed somebody that had actually had something to do with designing this bike. And this bike is sort of Honda's standard motorcycle version of the Rebel. So the Rebel is very basic, and this is meant to be standard motorcycle and very, very basic. And what they're trying to do is look at where motorcycle design has been and where it might go. And they are trying to design a bike where the form followed the function and this would sort of age into its looks a little bit. The reason it's kind of very plain looking, because more than anything else, this just looks really plain, right? And the reasoning for that is they can adjust it in any way they want in the future for very, very cheaply. But more than anything else, it's just going to kind of age better than other bikes. It's this is going to be, um, 
it only looks 75% as good as it could, but eight years from now, it will still look that good to people. It won't sort of age in its looks. And that's what they were going for. I mean, historically, like, I think this bike, even over the, 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 like, 2010s Z bikes, this bike is world champion, even over, like, 80 square headlights, for the worst headlight nacelle of all time. I'm just telling you what they were going for. And this is one of the reasons people are going to hate it. Now, if we can talk about the numbers, we were just talking about a a twin motor that was only a hundred cc's less. Do you know what the power numbers are for this? Uh well, this is the this is the NC motor, isn't it? No. Oh, it's not. No. Okay. Oh, then I have absolutely no idea. This is a new seven fifty twin motor. Ooh, well, it's got to be somewhat decent performance, because why would you make a new economic motor? Exactly. So I'm going to guess it is a Honda, and they do tend to detune a little bit. Uh, Is it 63 horsepower? It's 90 horsepower. Okay. Uh, You have my attention. It's also 55 foot-pounds of torque. That is, oh, okay, okay. And there's tons of power hidden in this motor because it is massively over square. Massively. The stroke is so short. It makes peak torque at 7,500 RPM and peak horsepower at like 9. So that's like a... that's a torque and horsepower profile of like a Ninja 250. The motor. ratio is close to two to one. Like the bore is almost twice as wide as the stroke. It is massively over square and it still makes 55 foot pounds of torque. There must be all kinds of hidden power in this motor by just taking it up 2000 RPM. Or if you're just brave. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, take the limiter <laughs> take off the or whatever. Um, yeah. So oh my God. the motor's actually really cool. I'm excited about the motor because, you know, I used to say, oh, a uh, hundred horsepower is all you need. And then remember, I, I took that down to 90. I was like, actually, you're not going to 90 horsepower is really all you need. This thing also weighs, it's kind of R6 weight. It's 400 pounds. Well, now I'm just more pissed off because that sounds awesome. But why did you put in this bullshit form factor? Well, that's what I said. So this bike has missed opportunities because there's so many awesome things about it. But people, but it, but it's missed opportunities. People are going to hate it now. They, they, it's the CB750 Hornets. So I can only assume there's going to be a CB750 classic that's you know at some point right and this hornet you will be able to buy supposedly they've announced four different versions so there's a touring version that comes with i think a different headlight and and incorporated luggage there's a i don't know i can't remember there's a few different versions that you'll be able to buy it as and like whatever 
Um, it's, I don't know. It's cool. It's, you know, and it's, it's up to date. It's got like a TFT thing that people are into, although I'm skeptical because it's all like built in a little bit more than it is on other bikes. Um, it's got ride by wire and some other things. Um, here's a picture of some, like the luggage option stuff for it. It's got, um, let's see here. Oh, and the sport pack has a different windscreen foot pegs, a different seat and a quick shifter. The style pack has frame sliders, bar ends, a tank pad and it says what are what is it what are, I don't know what wheel stripes is but wheel stripes apparently so there's a couple like different flavors you'll get this in immediately are they just talking about rim tape probably I don't know I don't okay. know what that really means um uh <clears throat> So yeah, it's this weird kind of street fighter-ish looking sort of very middle of the road kind of like, oh, a, a, a Z900 with less attitude kind of thing. But yeah. nonetheless, like kind of Z900 performance numbers for, you know, a thousand dollars cheaper or, or cons- you know, about, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, the numbers and everything's very compelling you just got to be kind of okay with how it looks or wait for some other version like that kind of mm. looks a little bit more CB750 ish or whatever. Um it's very compelling. I just don't know who it it um is going to get to pull the trigger right away in this version, right? Because we all know Honda's looking to get like four different formats that they can just build every other you know, Honda's basically trying to do what Harley Davidson does right now. They're like, we need to make way less frames and engines. So, okay. So this is, so I'm really confused now because the application of this motor is super obvious. This is a twins cup motor. Yeah. Why are you releasing that under the Hornet name? Oh yeah, why not have like a a um a CBR7 or something? Yeah, like well, yeah, it needs to go the same direction as like the RS7 does. It needs to, you know, it probably really should be in some sort of sport bike or some sort of CBR name, but uh, yeah, I don't know why they're releasing it as a naked bike unless they just expect that most people's first interaction with this is going to be some Twins Cup team that's slapped a fairing on it, like along yeah. the XSR seven hundreds, yeah, or the or the um like the not the XSR seven hundreds. What am I talking about? Um, like the like the SV six fifties that people have slapped fairings on. Uh, okay, now I'm I'm more annoyed now. This makes less sense. Right? Yeah, the bike itself is great. I'm just sort of confused because Honda's basically done that, you know, got this great platform, but has done sort of everything they could do to sort of drain all the sex out of it. Yeah. And that's why it's worst bike in the world to me. I, I think the bike itself is probably going to be really, really great, but. 
the, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunities here. Well, I think eventually they're going to give us the the thing that we want from this. There'll be a classic looking version, and there'll be a CBR looking version, and or or at least a sort of hawk looking version, or whatever. The, eventually, there's got to be, you know. But if I know anything about motors, if I've learned anything about the motorcycle industry, is that if you can be offered a new model of motorcycle, a whole new model of motorcycle, just by someone swapping out some plastic molds, it will fucking happen. Okay. Eventually it will happen. Okay. Every company will do this. There shall be a retro, everything. There shall be a futuristic, everything. There shall be a, you know, it, it don't worry. Yeah, I mean this is this is this is a strategy but, perfected, you know, by the Nokia thirty three ten. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's gonna have this very vanilla, boring sort of uh, two thousand and four Honda <laughs> look to it, and whatever I get, okay, it's fine. But again, the the price, and performance, everything are compelling. It's just I. You know they 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 put the CB750 badge on you know name to it when they didn't have to because they're like well that'll give it a little pizzazz and eventually this line will be something that we're into but you know it's it's like come on the CB750 name is not quite but almost at a Triumph Bonneville level of recognition so let's yeah let's put a little more respect on that. And then, you know, Hornet, like, why do we have to use names that people just remember and recognize? Why can't we have a new name? There's no requirement that this has to be a a name that we recognize. Why does there have to be a new Hornet? Why can't the Hornet just fucking die? I think reusing names makes a lot of sense, but... um... It's just that the Hornet name I have no positive associations with. Well, as an example, at this point, can you remember Honda is going through Honda and Kawasaki and Suzuki are going through all their back catalogs like people are scraping through the MC fucking U looking for characters that haven't been raped to death already. That's that, true. That's uh, what we're doing here. Well, just okay? this is a quick point. Um, do you know? Can you remember what the new Moto Guzzi V100 name is? No. Exactly. Well, it's the Mandelo. Okay. But this is the bike that you have you have um exhibited interest in buying at some point. This is true. And you can't remember what the name is. Well, V100 says it all to me. It lets me know. It, it's their new right. 1 liter sport bike. I, but this is this is why people love to recycle old names. It's why we're getting another Robin Hood movie. Like, well, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, this is like the this is like the Honda Robin Hood. It's like, do we really need another one of these? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's just gonna happen. Um, <sighs> okay. Just why are they tar? Just the motor deserves more respect. I know. Uh, well, it's making me think now. Like, what are the really truly terrible motorcycles that are going to get brought back just because people remember the name 
Uh, well, there's been a lot. I'm trying to think, like, what... So Yamaha has and Kawasaki have a lot of weird crew. Oh, you know, well, Magna would be the next obvious one. Magna would be a good one. Uh, probably something a little bit more. Actually, this is actually so obscure that they won't bring it back because it has no name recognition, which would be the Cavalcade. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I um, needed to go there. Um. Well, I what else, what's a good true disaster of a motorcycle that they're going to hmm hmm see with um So, I think <coughs> like Yamaha ah we're due, well again with Magna. We're due for a new Yamaha uh, Maxim. It's true. Yeah, um, which means we're also due for a new Nighthawk. Uh oh. What's what's the other Yamaha? The ridiculous V twin. Um, I blank on this name every time I want to bring it up. What's the inline four Yamaha Cruiser? The the extru the not the extruder the extra the the intruder. Is it the intruder? I think it might be. Anyway, yeah, all those weird, all those weird like those weird eighties cruisers are gonna have to come back in one form or another just because oh I've heard of that name before. So yeah, you know, Hornet. Oh, the Honda Hornet. It, it's it's alliterative, and I kind of remember those. Ah, do you think? Oh, here's a name. They went with the Hornet? Virago. The Virago. Somebody's gonna bring back the Virago. It's gonna be a huge mistake. It's true. So I think the reason is that of. All uh, with 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 everything being overpriced on Craigslist and this and that, whatever. When you go through Craigslist, a bike that you will consistently find for cheap is a Honda Hornet, and you're like, "Well, well, why is no one buying this? I would want this. It's kind of like a Street Fighter, like you know, Ducati monster looking kind of thing. It looks kind of cool. Why wouldn't I go for this?" And then you start getting into reviews and stuff and you think, well, I, if I had one of these, I wouldn't think the horrible thoughts about it because you're just hoping maybe for $2,800, you could show up with cash and the bike would look maybe as good as it does in the picture from nine years ago. The guy put on Craigslist. It's kind of like buying and, tools from Alibaba. And you're like, you know, yeah, but it's like a 600 and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's basically like a CBR 600, except it's just kind of street fired out for me already. I bet the performance is there and everything and da, 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 you know, and you kind of like read a couple other negative reviews, but you just keep, you just keep doubling down. No, 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 no. I think I like the old Hornets. I'm, I'm right. going to be one of those guys that would like it. Other people hated them. Sure. They didn't sell well, whatever, but 
I must know something that they don't know. I see the potential here. I mean, it's Honda. How bad could it really be, right? And so all these people that don't have really a whole lot of cash on hand to buy a motorcycle sort of have it in the back of their hand from just seeing old Craigslist ads of Hornets going like, well, I could be a Hornet guy. I could fly the flag for the Honda Hornet. All of a sudden, there's a new one. That's that's what how this marketing is working. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 like try it, it. It's it's a decision that kind of it it it's maybe a better example would be like it's like rationalizing yourself into buying like the hundred liter air compressor at Harbor Freight. Where you're like, I mean, how much can go wrong? How, th- this has got to be all good, right? Like, this is going to last. I'm not going to have it. Because everything's good nowadays, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there may be some Chinese characters <laughs> stamped into the, into the tank. But, uh, you know, it's... This 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 has to be a good decision, but uh, it it it's something you it's not like it's not something that can even really be sold to you. It's something you have to just like convince yourself. You have to buy into it your, yourself in a way that uh, I don't even know where to go. I I've always hated this look. And somehow they have kept the essence of the look that I hate through every single model. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I guess I'll just we'll finish by just circling back to one thing we've already mentioned. It's it's been a while since something has officially carried the CB seven fifty moniker. And this is a curious model. You would think, oh, there's something called the CB750 for sale. You would think that would, I mean, the 50 year anniversary of the CB750 was only two, was it three years ago? Two or three. It it was not that long ago, right? Well, it's 2022, so it was, well, anyway, anyway, it's not long ago. So you would think that uh, the the return of something called the C, you know, because like we, we know that yes, there was the SCCB or CB seven fifty SC Nighthawk, right? There there were plenty of weird things called CB seven fifties after the CB seven fifty, but it's been a good probably twenty years since any of those have been for sale. If not, I mean, if at least 18, right? So just something having CB750 in the name, even if it's in Hornet, you would think would be generating more headlines or would be, you know, Honda would take the release of such a thing a little bit more seriously, would be a little bit more careful with it. Have you read this marketing copy on oh the page. sensual dynamism <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to be a straightforward street fighter design just like the original 
but we wanted much more aggressive angles and proportions. The sinuette and sinuous muscularity of a cheetah at full speed inspired us with its potency. Is there anything... Are you getting any cheetah vibes from this bike? I mean... No. (laughs) (laughs) I can... I'm gonna hope that this is one of those bikes that just looks a lot better in person than it does in photos. Yeah, maybe. I'm just going to hope for that. And I'm but really I'm just going to hope that very very quickly there's there's a new body design that that shows off this engine and frame package a lot better. Not to mention that um, some of the photos that I've seen from the side, um, this frame looks very, very similar to me uh, to the uh, CBR 650 frame. Mm -hmm. They've just kind of restyled it a little bit. But I could be off base there as well. I will say... um given that most people most bikes are are all generally kind of you know black or white these days and you know kind of following the car trend a bit more mm-hmm. or they're kind of that boring matte gray um just having this red frame and then matching it with the black and white pieces is a fantastic color scheme that we should see in more bikes yeah yeah so one positive thing, one positive takeaway I have, because the one thing that I hate more than anything else is just this, every bike just having a matte black frame with a matte black tank uh, engine, and uh, it's like, why are you hiding every detail of your bike? I... Yeah. All right. Let's 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 talk some some MotoGP now for a minute. Okay. So, what was the last round we talked about on the show? Do you think? <sighs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, what was the race before the break? Uh, right before the break. I don't know. Let's see. So, I just had a a big MotoGP marathon the last couple of days. And I caught up with the last five rounds. So I just watched Thailand. And before that was Japan. Before that was Aragon. Before that was... um, Milan? No, not Milan. Um... Mizano. Mizano. And before that was, I'm going to say we're probably about six to seven rounds behind on the show. Now, so it doesn't matter really. It's not like we have to like take every listener by the hand and go like, all right, what was the last thing you remember us saying? Because we're pretty sure you don't know anything that's happened in MotoGP since then. Bullshit. Right? They've been keeping up on their own, right? I'm just trying to get a rough idea of how long. I think it's been about six rounds. Uh, 
Because it may have even been before the break that we were like, ah, you know, we don't need to talk about GP this week or whatever. Like, it's been a minute. I I don't think we've talked about MotoGP since, like, June. Uh, oh, probably mid-August. I don't even know if we'd know if we talked about GP then. We are really behind. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. All but right. It's okay. But it's going to be okay. Let's so, get into some content. Let's 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 talk about right. it. Right. Let's actually talk. Let's about actually it. talk about it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now I remember uh, sort of some of the predictions for the season that we were making are both spectacularly on uh, on point and spectacularly off at the same time. So I had said that, okay, uh, even though he's still leading the championship, I had predict. I was like, you know what? Just to make it fun, I had said uh, this is going to be one of those years where Quadraro just implodes at some point, and the championship becomes you know between two other people, and that's not far off. Uh, Fabio has stuck with it a little longer than I would have thought he was, but he has started imploding. Yeah. I mean, full implode isn't, is a little harsh, but he is not racking up the, if, if he continues on this trajectory, you know, three to four different riders will pass him in the next three rounds or four or whatever. Right. There's three more rounds, right? We've got Phillip Island coming this weekend, I think. Then um, Sepang and then Valencia. Sounds right. There's there's 75 points still left to grab. And there's like four riders within like 50 points of him. Uh, Yeah. So. I, do we want to just talk about like kind of the trends of each rider kind of up in the champion uh, up in the points and that's a good right place now? to start yeah so so we do have F- Fabio Quadraro still in the lead but he has by the skin of his teeth I mean yeah that's true it's almost he, dumb luck over the last two rounds so it's it's interesting because. His his lead over seven rounds has really a decayed by about nine points, but but it should be <laughs> way worse. It should be way worse because you know um, Aleish at the time was only like four points behind him or something, and then he's dropped back twenty points, and. Aleish hasn't had a great season since we announced yeah. him. Since but Aleish has a... really just had bad luck. Like, Aleish yeah. should be 25 points ahead of him. Right. Le- le- there, okay. there, was the, uh, there was the weird mix-up with thinking it was the last lap when it wasn't. That cost him, oh, like, nine man, points. Oh, man, that was a moment. There yeah. was, uh, was it uh, Japan, where he just had to start from pit lane with his number two bike? Or was that Thailand? Uh, that was, I think that was, uh, that was Motegi, I think. Yeah. That, that not his fault. Right. Um, uh, and then he got 
taken out somewhere that was not his fault as well in one of the last three la- yeah, it's rounds. It's been disastrous. Yeah, like not his fault at all. Like his writing's been on point. He's been super consistent, just it top ten or or, or podium. Yeah, but now we yeah. also have to remember that like like for a brief moment, like they were all neck and neck, and Bastianini was up there as well, and he's a further nineteen points behind Alicia Spargaro. Now, the important thing to remember is, well, so that's th- our third and fourth. Who's our second? Bagnaya, who imploded at the beginning of the season. Right, and has now just been turning it on. And has now just put in, like, metronomic results. Well, four wins on the trot. Yeah, and and doing it in a very Lorenzo way, where he's never battling for for the places it's just it's always just been like pure pace and getting into a rhythm it's no back and forth battling you know third to second to third to second to first to to third there's no like big mess ups or anything it's just that metronomic pace just over and over again and back and i was somebody i think i picked last year as somebody who would just kind of like come out of nowhere. Um, and he did have a couple of good races. I think he had a couple of wins. But now... Oh, at the end of last year, he really turned it on as well. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, well, well now he, he's figured the bike out. He's going he's gonna to crush. It, he's got the best bike. And he's a new upcoming rider. He's going to just crush it. Then it kind of didn't happen. But now, now we've got him back on. And... Uh, I mean, it seems as inevitable as it seemed inevitable that Aleish would just slowly and but surely outpace Quadraro. So, I, I don't know. It, it's it also seems let's inevitable. also not forget that weirdly out of nowhere, um, Bastianini, who's you know at thirty eight or thirty thirty eight or thirty nine points behind thirty nine. Um, 39 Jack Miller's only one further point further back than that. Yeah. And he was almost like almost only 35 points behind. Now, I mean, this is crazy, but I mean, with, with Quattararo just seemingly able to just place only 17th or crash out, you know, and only rack up, you know, one win out of the next three, I, I, you know, or, or one podium out of the next and crash out of the next two race. Like it's, <clears throat> if he scores no points in the next two races, I, you know, now of course, Jack Miller's not going to win because I, you know, maybe a leash, but Here's here's what is totally possible is that Bagnaya wins, but also like Aleish, Bastianini, and Miller all surpass Quadraro in points. Oh, I mean Yeah, even one even one DNF can just completely upend the season. Yeah, it, it's nuts. I 
I, 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 there are many we, parts we've of- been spoiled by all these years of, of Marquez and before, you know, and, and Lorenzo and Rossi just having these killer seasons where they just win like eight, nine races and just, you know, dominate a season. I, I, you know, like last year was, was a year that every, um, let's see. Quattararo sewed up the championship at Aragon maybe last year. Does that sound right? Uh, it, it was fairly early on. I think it was um, before Japan. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember the last time. Uh, we've had seasons go very close for a very long time. I don't know if they've stayed this close this late in the season before. Right. Like there are some, like, but like it, back in the days of only Max like 40, Biaggi, this was a lot more common, right? Like in the last ten years, have we had more than three seasons with, um, with the championship not locked up? Like in the last three races, like where like first place was legitimately not just conceivably, but legitimately like, um. Like up for grabs between two riders in like 2015 or something. I seem to recall there was a weird thing where it came down to the last race, but it was this preposterous thing where Rossi was going to have to win and Marquez or Lorenzo, whichever one it was, was going to have to come like, like oh, 14th or behind. Like it, it well, there was one where it was, this was the big drama. The championship was between Rossi and someone else. It was lo- between Rossi and Lorenzo, and he and um, Rossi needed Lorenzo to, like, not finish second or third. And they got really upset, because this was the season that Marquez imploded. And, like, there was something he didn't like about the frame on the Honda or something, and he you know, he DNF'd like six races. You know what it was? No, it was also the year I think of the Sepang Clash too, because because yes, yes, Rossi had to start from the very back, and it was like okay, if if Lorenzo finishes like fourteenth, and Rossi finishes like fourth or better, coming from the back well, of no, the grid, no, and everyone only, was like, it's technically possible. Well, I think Rossi only needed like tenth. If Lorenzo got like third or something, but I, I don't remember but the it, specifics, but it, it, I just remember it was long odds. It was long odds, but it also was a, was um an um an outcome that essentially required Marquez to battle for places to push Lorenzo down. In the oh, that's right. And everyone accused them of talking about it. That's right. And, <laughs> well, and they're Mar- both Spanish. So clearly not only that, they're both Catalonian, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, but uh, there was, uh, 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 when Lorenzo did pass Marquez, it was so obvious that he just let him by. <laughs> Yeah, and and every and it was like people got all up in arms about it. It was like, of course he just fucking let him by. The 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 two were physically fighting with their bikes on the racetrack last week. Like, of course. 
Why are you surprised that he did it? People got so angry that year. I kind of miss those days. <laughs> yeah, do, do we have a good rivalry right now? Not really. Um, everyone's just kind of nice, which is a little disappointing. Well, okay. Well, that brings me to to Moto Two. I want to talk about Aaron Kinnett for a minute. So I'm seeing some glimmers of Aaron Kinnett that I I want to be hopeful about this. So apparently, uh, Aaron Kinnett got rid of his wooden bow tie. Good. So I got to the bottom of what the wooden bow tie was all about. Okay. And (laughs) this is, hold on, let me grab another beer. This is some really great, like, like first class whining, like Lorenzo style whining. Okay. And I'm hoping that Kinnett is sort of a new Lorenzo character, but he just needs to embrace being a heel. Okay, so the bow tie thing apparently was this whole weird protest that he was doing because he's been accusing MotoGP teams of passing him over because of his neck tattoos. I'm sure they are. But the whole thing is he's like, I'm not a MotoGP rider because I've got neck tattoos. And no, you're not a MotoGP rider because you fucking choke is the reason (laughs) you're not a GP rider. That that is entirely the reason is because every is because you get your, you qualify. Well, you get yourself into amazing positions and then five laps before the end of the race. Every time you're about to make a big splash with a result, you fucking choke and you crash. That's why you're not a GP rider. But this whole thing of the bow tie and being a little bit more vocal about why he was wearing it, whatever, this is good. This is good. He needs to run with that. Do more of that. Right. Because uh, he is good. There's no doubt that Kinnett's really fucking fast. And if he can just reel it in a little bit, right. Yeah. Uh, It's like, they say like, um, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what they say. The point is, is that he can reel it in. He can get the right coaching and he can control that. Um, it might mean playing it a little bit safer, whatever. It'll be fine. But, but once you start, when, when you get the results, it, it's, it's whatever, but you know, maybe also, it's not just about the results. Maybe it's also a little bit of whining. Maybe it's not the neck tattoos. Maybe it's that you're like super touchy and defensive about the neck tattoos. And maybe it's not super easy to work with you. All of this, I think, could be great pluses. Like, I if if I were a GP rider, I mean, let's be honest. What? You know, he he is about because it is a really extreme neck tattoo. And it really is about a quarter of an inch away from, like, the ultimate life advice, which is don't get a tattoo on your face. Oh, he has a couple face tattoos as well. 
It's a lot more though in the interview, like when it's just all out there. Yeah. Well, I, right, but um, Scott, what's his face? You know, was all, like all neck tattoos and all that stuff. It's never good. Well, I agree, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It. I'm gonna say that. You know, Jorge would would complain about people not liking him and whatever, and it was always, again, it never worked for Lorenzo because he kind of wore his heart on his sleeve too much, right? It just came across as really awkward and strange, and he was like, why don't people like me? And it's like, because you're fucking weird, right? And, I mean, I, I mean, loved eventually, it. Eventually, it was great. Eventually, it was great. Yeah. If I was a GP rider, like, I would throw some sort of huge party and get all the other riders there. And I'd go like, listen, guys, here's the thing. I'm going to start saying a lot of crazy stuff. But I need you to know it's not real. Like, that's just my character is I'm going to be the crazy one. And I want you guys to, like, you know, say crazy shit back, right? I'm going to, like, insult somebody's sister next week. And I need you to go along with it, right? Like, we need a legit WWF-style heel. Like, we need a Moto Ric Flair. Right. And... I think this complaining about like not being in GP because of the neck tattoos is a perfect springboard moment. That is the type of thing you can launch a heel character off of. Cause you know, as, cause I was just, that's, this is why I was asking, like, do we have any big rivalries right now? And I don't think we do. Cause a rivalry is normally where you would spring this. You would have two characters that disagree about something, and you would just go, okay, well, this character is going to be right, and this character is going to be wrong. And the one who's wrong is just going to turn into an asshole for the fans, and we're going to use that. But we don't really, it, it, they're all playing a little bit too nice. So we just need an insane sort of prima donna. Yeah. It, that, that has been and missing for a while. Kinnett can be that. Absolutely. I mean, I feel the last real, just insane prima donna that MotoGP had was probably Max Biaggi. Um, I'm trying to think who. Well, we've had a lot of prima donnas. I'm thinking about one who actually got like uh, camera time, like, um, like interview time. Well, Maverick's a little prima donna. He is. Uh, well, he's very prima donna. He just doesn't get a lot of podiums, so we don't hear him talk that much. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raul Fernandez was for a little stint at the end of Ooh, last season. Oh yeah, you're right. Raul's got a. He's got a streak of that in him. Yeah, I like it. Mm. I'm trying to think who's. But yeah, we we could use another for sure. I mean, there'll never be another Lorenzo in, in any of the ways that Lorenzo is Lorenzo. But he never fully embraced being a villain. Like he was just super awkward to the end. <laughs> and I, you know, uh, yeah, and, and there even were times where 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 Rossi could be. 
insanely egotistical and and kind of weird and uh, he never fully like just used his immense popularity to just turn people against another writer but there were moments i could just see him tempted to do it <laughs> but anyway yeah i just wanted to put that on everyone's radar with with the uh, the bow the wooden bow tie and the neck tattoos, and apparently that's why he's not in GP. I love it. I I don't know why I hadn't heard that before, uh, but I just picked that up and I was like, oh yes, okay, this is this is starting to fall into place for me. So if 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 Kinect can embrace that side of himself a little more, I'm going to become a much bigger fan. Um. Okay, uh, so yeah, let's talk more Moto 2. Um, so, well, just as a single, like, individual event, um, Ayagura winning at Motegi. Big deal. And he, he uh, did, in, in that, did he tie the championship or just come within, like, a couple points? I, I thought can't remember. He, I thought he tied or took over the lead with that one i can't remember it's been a long time we haven't really been keeping the timeline very tidy here it doesn't um, matter it's it's more or less where we're at i Iagora is our our new standout moto 2 talent which i mean i i just never thought that forget a japanese rider just anyone riding an idimitsu honda would be the standout talent now I mean, if there's one thing that Itamitsu now, has, if you're been on an Itamitsu, it means you basically are a Japanese writer. But it also means you, that you're allergic to podiums, right? So, um, yeah, let's see. I, I want to yeah, it means you're you're on a career where you are very, very determinedly and reliably taking a team that regularly gets tenth um, to to seventeenth into the top seven play uh, you know <laughs> from from fifth <laughs> to eighth right you're you're very consistently able to slowly improve your team's results from 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 uh <laughs> below the, the the middle point of the bottom of the pack to the middle point of the top of the pack but never the podium that's 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 for teams with with self-esteem the so <laughs> But yeah, Ayagura really consistent, really fast, really just, and, and also something you don't see in a lot of Japanese writers is being aggressive and fun to watch. And yeah, like I making a few, like doing something that you would expect to see a Spanish or Italian writer do it, which is make some questionably aggressive overtakes. Like yeah, push, real fucking motorcycle like, racing. Like actually push somebody off their line. Yeah, yeah, not like, like excuse me, I would like to occupy this line. I've written a form that says I can occupy this line. <laughs> Could I play? No, just go like, guess what? It's my fucking line. Yeah. Yeah, real fucking motorcycle racing. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm really into it. Iagur has surprised the shit out of me. I mean, because in our predictions at the beginning of this year, we were like, are we going to see like some Iagur wins finally this year? Because he's been getting better. But we got some podiums. He did get a a couple poles. 
But, but yeah, yeah, you never... and I were sort of like, I said, I think for sure we're going to see the win. And you were like, yeah, we might see a couple. But it, no, it's been good. Like, I mean, it's not been a huge number of wins, but it's been a lot of points. Yeah. And I mean, you know, talk about implosions. Like, I like if you want to talk implosions, okay. Um, then, then, then Quadraro is some sort of celestial event that that just didn't get covered in the news. Celestino Fietti, Vietti is the big fucking bang, right? If you want to talk about implosions, this, the, no, I, I, he was hot shit. It was like, oh my gosh, oh, of course, yeah. But why wouldn't VR forty six Mooney hire this guy? Of course, they they know what they're doing. Of course, they know what they're doing. Look at Celestino just kicking ass left and right, and then okay, he falters falters a little bit before the summer break, but it's he's still got a real healthy lead. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then just pff, he's not even he hasn't even been part of the conversation for like five rounds it's weird i uh, i don't know it's the only camera time he's getting is when they cover the fact that he's crashed uh, yeah i mean uh, it, it's it's very strange in that i mean he's now like 80 points like out of the running oh yeah but he was just just consistently quietly up there in like a Pedrosa style run for, you know, but also like Pedrosa will probably never win a championship. Um, but it's weird that he had the success and the lead for so long. And I can't really actually picture his face in my mind right now. I'm not entirely sure. Like, if you showed me his face. I can, but only because of the super weird VR46, like, little mini movie they did at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. year. Uh, but, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I, yeah. could, I don't know if I could pick him out of a lineup of MotoGP riders right I now. I would not recognize his voice. I... I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize a picture of him not wearing VR46 Mooney gear. If you line up all the VR six guys, uh, VR forty six guys, I'm like, oh yeah, it's him. He's that one. But yeah, it, it like just on the street, and you know, I'm really good at spotting celebrities <laughs> on the street. <laughs> but um, I will not. Um, no, I wouldn't. If if he was behind me at McDonald's or whatever, I wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. The he's not a memorable personality. For whatever reason, I don't know what that is. Um, so, uh, but but a couple other people have been surprising us in Moto Two. Who who else has been making a good run for it? I mean, for the championship, it's it's basically just Ayagura at this point. But um, uh, that's not true. I mean, there is still Augusto Fernandez. 
Yes, you know, the guy that's who's true. Been, who's been in the lead for a very long time now. Well, yeah, Augusta yeah. Fernandez was the guy that was really challenging Vietti, and then all of a sudden here comes Iagora. But I don't. I feel like Iagora. I don't. It really feels like Iagora's year. It's true, but I also thought that it was. Uh, that I thought it was Aspargaro's year as well. Yeah. Who knows? I. I would love. I. I'm just gonna be happy to see Agura get a podium this year. Just. Just to get a top three, on the season. Oh, on the whole season. Well, I, he's already going to GP, isn't he? I really haven't been keeping up. I have not done my research. I'm pretty sure he's guaranteed, like regardless of what happens, at least for LCR Honda. And I think there's some rumblings about Polis Bargrove's seat. I mean, he should get it. I mean, to me, it's the biggest no-brainer in the world. Like, fucking throw Polis Bargrove into the fucking, like, L.A., like, like tent city that he deserves to live in <laughs> and, and put Iagura on that fucking Repsol bike. Fucking do it. But um yeah, I I uh yeah, yeah, you're right. Um the, there's 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 a couple other people, but you know Kanet is just always Again in Moto Two, he's he's up there with the points leaders, but he's just nowhere near the points, and he's always just about to make a big splash, and then he doesn't. And uh, um, sadly, we've got Cameron Bovier going back to Moto America. Um, I mean, which is fine. Uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna win more there and he's gonna and maybe he'll be back later or something we'll see it doesn't usually work that way although it did with sam lowe's i guess um uh yeah i mean when it comes to the american writers i think it's important to just remember that like it's still just this huge it's still just this long process and we need to just keep the pipeline going yeah, and the results will come, and we we've had individual results that were fantastic. It just it's just going to take time to really get America back on the stage, and at any point it could just flip. It's true. So I don't know. I I you know we, we got our win out of Joe Roberts. We had several polls from both of them. Like, it's true. The rat. Were there four or five American polls, pole positions this year? Uh, Cameron Bowie had at least one. Roberts has had three. Or maybe just two. He's had two or three. Uh, he's had three or four front rows. I don't know about pole. But it's, but yeah, it's, it's not nothing. I, I think... Well, as 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 depressing as this sounds, this has been one of the better years for American MotoGP than in true. recent times. <laughs> Which means we at least had a win, and we and uh, well, and Roberts has been the favorite for several races. He he had a little bit of a buzz going in the early part of the season. Yeah, 
which I really thought there was going to be a lot more buzz around um, Bovier, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, okay, Moto three. Well, um, remind me who who's who's up there in the points right now with Moto three. We've got um, all right. So it's uh so with a clear lead and it's not all that interesting at this point. Ethan uh Guevara is way in the lead by like thirty nine points or forty nine points. But he could crash out of two races and still be Yeah, it's Moto three, it's a little less predictable, but uh then we got Dennis Foggia. Um he was my favorite for the season, but he imploded the first half of the year and it has been consistent since the break, but it's too little too late. Yeah, and then we've got Sergio Garcia, who scheduled his meltdown for the middle of the season (laughs) um then we've got a yimu sasaki um and a yimu sasaki could basically claw his way up to second from fourth and then everyone else is basically out because it's another 31 points back to jama masia in fifth place so jama has started taking on the physical looks of like a James Bond villain. Um, well, not even a James Bond villain, more of a James Bond henchman because too many James Bond villains have some sort of physical deformity. But also, I've been watching a lot of the original Muppet show. Do you remember that character who's like the is he's kind of a bit of a male Miss Piggy, like he's sort of the more like fancy pig. No. Oh well, Jame Masia, you know, I mean, because we've known Jame since a very young age, he's you know his face has been changing, and I've noticed that he's kind of taken on this sort of like movie villain sort of face. Well, you've got a screen here. This is true. <laughs> let's let's look it up. Okay, so um, this is going to be great, Pod. Okay, I'll promise to <laughs> to link some pictures for fucking once. <laughs> um, okay, so Muppet Show Pig. Um, I mean, it's going to give us a lot of Miss Piggy. I can't remember this character's name, but in any case, um. Jame is this guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see the side by side. The side by side is going to be good. This is going to be compelling. I promise. See, it's really all in the jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> So, but it, it, but I said like in the henchman, he's also like with that this really big lower jaw. He's got this sort of like cross between Jay Leno and Jaws from from James Bond thing kind of going on too. And I it's 
I don't know. This has nothing to do with his riding results. I just feel like it's important <laughs> to point out. This is why people come to Nokomoto for their MotoGP MotoGP coverage. This, these hard-hitting observations. Because <laughs> it's the same chin, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it is. Um I mean, but his okay. face looks completely different than it did two, you know, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you thought I was going really far out there with this comparison, and then <laughs> I just nailed it. How old is John? See, right here, now? here's him from like like two or three years ago. He's completely different, right? Positively cherubic. Exactly. Exactly, and now he's got. And now he, yeah. Well, uh, this is also important to say that Jame is going back to Leopard. So again, with this kind of like evil Bond henchman face, and clearly the most corrupt racing team that's ever existed. That's true. It's a match made in heaven. So I'm going early money and announcing now. 2023 is going to be all about Jame in Moto3. I think it could be his year. Yeah. Well, again, like, you know, we, we keep talking about it, but it seems like over the last, like, two, three years, there hasn't been a lot of good new talent. We've had, like, one or two riders, really. You know, nobody else has really developed, and because, you know, Moto3 is always the, the, the um the division that you expect well at this is the division that it's almost always you expect some rookie to potentially be podiuming and being and taking the championship at any given time it's so volatile Every, everything changes so quickly um but that's really not been true for the last couple of years and Jame's actually got some serious experience in Moto3 now. Um, so next year... Next year might be a deciding year for him in that it could be either... Um, does he does he really just pull it out and take a win and move up and really pull it all together? Or does he end up like... Uh, like... Um, What's his name? Um, why am I blanking on his name? I don't know. What did he do? British writer. Oh, uh, McPhee. Yeah. Is he going to become another McPhee? Yeah. Is he going to be the McPhee? Not the British McPhee, but the but the culturally he... obscure McPhee. <laughs> well, he is Spanish. He's... I know, but. <laughs> Again, only people like from Europe would know that he's probably Spanish. And even then, they'd be like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's Spanish. I guess he could be from wherever. But if you mention, if you're in, if you're anywhere in this hemisphere and you're like, where's Jame Masia from? They'd be like, what is that? You'd be like, I don't know. Male, female, old, (laughs) young, you know, (laughs) like, what, what is Jame? I don't know. That could be. Jami Masia could, could be, be like Sub-Saharan a, Africa, or it could be Inuit. 
Uh-huh. You don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Neither of those names are obviously Spanish. Yeah, I know it's not a Japanese dock worker, and outside of that, I'm fucked for a guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, it, what if some, what if I was, I was like, you know, Johnny Massey is Russian? What doesn't sound Russian, but Siberian? Oh, yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no one knows. It could be from anywhere. Anyway. <laughs> we should probably take a break. Should we? Well, we, we probably need to assess where we're going from here. Do we? Um, well, we're just kind of, again, like summing up things that we, we haven't said about GP for, for a minute here. So um, we can't go anywhere, do anything until we have predictions for the next three rounds. Mm. This is really the last chance we have to make predictions. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what do we, you want to do GP? You want to do Moto 2? You want to do Moto 3 first? Uh, let's just do GP because I think it's easy at this point. So I'm going to guess that I'm going to guess that ultimately Quadraro is just barely going to pull it out, and I think it's going to come down to Valencia. Uh, I disagree. I'm, I'm gonna, I just think that trends are going to continue, and I think that Bagnaya is going to clinch it by at least ten points. Oh, okay. Um. Here's an interesting thought. Who do you think is going to end up higher in the points? Bastianini or Spargo? Because we're both in agreement that our one, two is going to be the same, you know, the, the same two guys, but who's third Spargo or, or bestia. That is really hard to tell. Uh, I want to say a Spargaro. I do too, but no, you uh, no, no. I'm gonna stick with a Spargaro. It's, it's it's 19 points. It's too much to overcome. Okay. Um. Okay. All right. So Moto Two then. Uh. What do you think? I, w- I went first on GP. Tell me, tell me what you think about about Moto Two. Um, Who's gonna take it for Moto Two? It's kind of a boring answer, but I feel like Augusto Fernandez is just gonna put in that kind of Spanish Italian consistency. And he's just going to come in clutch and just hold it all the way to the end of the season. Mm. I don't, I don't know if Iagura is, even though it's, I said, it feels like Iagura's year and I'm going to stick with it. Even it though feels it feels like it, even though it's technically one and a half points, because of course it is. Um, I, the Japanese, in racing, the Japanese do not come in clutch. It's they I don't know, do but it. but I don't know. I 
I want it to be so. I'm going to will it to be so. It's it's I it's Iger's year. I mean, they. God damn it! I mean, maybe even I want more. It to be true. I maybe want even it to be more true. than America, Japan needs a hero. It's okay. True. And and I want them to have it. I want it to be his year. Like, God damn it. I like him. I I like the way he's been riding. I I think he can do it. <clears throat> I'm going Ayagura. And, and then yes, Fernando second and third. Who is our third points holder? Like way back. Uh Kanet. And then Vietti is twenty points behind him. Um, I will make that bold prediction and say that Vietti steals third. I'm going to go with that too, that Vietti finishes above Kinnett. <laughs> um, and then, it's another 15 points back to Arbolino, so I don't think that's all that realistic. We no, Arbolino's not going to do it. Uh, so in Moto3, well, we both know Ethan Guevara is going to win. Um... Second's close. Um, uh, so, I mean, Garcia was leading for a long time till Guevara took it from him. He's been kind of fading. I think that Garcia is going to have a moment to kind of reset, realize that you don't have to win to get promoted, and he can reset his expectations, aim for second. I think Garcia will finish ahead of Faggia. He's only got to make up seven points over three races. We know he's a solid rider. Uh, I could go either way on this one, but just to make it fun, I'm going to say um, uh, that my boy Dennis just sees it through to a solid second place. I mean, because because Vaja was a a legit contender in this whole thing until the summer break. One of the last race before the summer break, it was like, oh, surely there goes, you know, his chances of the season. And it's only just been these last few rounds. It's like I don't know, right? You know, yeah. He's been he's been he's been on kind of a hot run. I. I think I think he'll keep that momentum. But there we go. Okay, that takes us to an hour and a half. I think that's pretty good. Since it's almost midnight. Um Yeah, I don't know when we're gonna record next, but hopefully it's gonna be better than this last time. Um where I well we we didn't put out an episode for like almost three weeks because the well, it was a, a, a loads of dumb reasons. I thought we'd lost the episode forever. Then I had to go out and get one of my older SD card adapters. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, the, uh, the the card adapter that I was using wasn't working. So we thought we'd lost it and whatever. Also, I moved houses. Um, a whole bunch of other bullshit, whatever. But, phew. Huh. Well, well, Swiggs, you're going to be moving probably between, I don't know. We may record again before you move. Yeah. Because Swiggs is buying a house, too. Um, and then we're going to, I don't know. We don't have any, like, trips planned. We don't have anything whatever planned. We're just generally fucking busy. So, again, 
I'll just for funsies say what I said on the last episode. Like, you know, if a thousand of you that haven't left reviews just decided to all do it in one week, we could just quit our other jobs and do this probably. You know what? I'll tell you what that I will promise you that if a thousand people leave reviews this week, I'll quit my job and I'll just do this. I I would do that. If a thousand people out of nowhere just left reviews, we would be on the front fucking page of iTunes or Apple podcast, whatever. Um, yeah, I'll do it. I'll walk into work and I'll just fucking, I'm not going to do what I was just thinking that I would do, but I'll do something dramatic <laughs> and, and I'll quit. Okay. There we go. Yeah. 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 Okay. You, you don't think I will test me, bro. Test me. Leave, leave the reviews. All right. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's the the outro. Oh shit. I'm hitting the wrong. Yeah. They don't, they don't sponsor us anymore. Those assholes. Um, here we go. And I don't want to die. I just want to ride on my motor side. Mm-hmm, Cole. The more we do this, the less professional we get. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>